Hi, and welcome to Talking to Artists, a casual weekly conversation where artists share their inspirations, process, challenges, and business ideas to give art lovers and aspiring artists a peek behind the curtain. I'm Kate Taylor, full-time Canadian artist and your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Talking to Artists. This is episode 36, so a podcast designed for artists, art lovers, and art collectors to understand a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes, Um, and also for me to have an opportunity to talk to a lot of really cool people. So today we're going to be interviewing uh, Phil Carrier. So Phil is a photographer. I first met him at the Ottawa show many, many years ago. He's got a beautiful eye. And along with that, he also has a really unique technique that he uses for mounting his photographs. And so um, it's always such a fun time to be near him in an art show. And uh, anyway, so I'm looking forward to connecting with him. He's in Montreal, so I haven't seen him for a while. So I'm actually at my cottage studio. Did some isolation before we got here, and we're still in isolation for another few days before we can kind of go out, uh, which is kind of nice to be hiding away from everyone and everything in the world. (laughs) So... Anyway, here's Phil again, and we'll see whether or not we can get him to join this time. Is it hey, working? Good, it is. Good morning. Right. Hi, good morning. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. Yourself? Oh, very well. I was just saying I'm at the at the cottage studio, and it's yeah, about minus 19. Oh, it's so cold, though. I'm not good with the cold. <laughs> yeah, you need to wear a, a cap yeah. like this. Yeah, no, I do have one with a big, huge pom-pom on it. It's very, <laughs> it's very interesting, though, when you're kind of, like this you become so um, focused on the basics like you know do I have enough firewood I'm gonna have to go later and get a have a chainsaw and cut down some standing dead wood <laughs> you know stuff you don't have to worry about the city <laughs> you're on survival mode yeah it kind of feels like that it's, it's, it's interesting it's an interesting challenge yeah and so where are you now are you back in Montreal or are you in Manawaki yeah, back in Montreal at home uh cannot go very far because in Quebec right now we have uh uh curfew yeah so I uh, have to be home at eight. So you have kind of have to stick in a, you know, a certain distance from your house. You cannot like travel very far and kind of sucks, but uh, numbers are going down. Yeah, I heard so... that my daughter, my daughter's in Montreal as well. So yeah, she's experiencing okay. the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. The, the, the artist thing, I think for me at least uh, is there's nothing to look forward to. So that's why your invitation for this, uh, this <laughs> chat was like, okay, that's, that's, that's small, but that's something, you know? Yeah. Because uh, no, I, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Because I'm finding too, like I'm in the studio. I've got this great studio space, but it's like, kind of like, well, if you don't have something to work towards, it's hard to kind of get yourself galvanized because it's just as easy to say, well, I'll do it tomorrow, right? Oh, yeah. I actually screwed up my, my day yesterday. I was supposed to go at work and uh, I didn't, I stayed on the couch. <laughs> kind of stick on the couch, and uh, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I didn't feel so guilty about it, too. Yeah. Like, well, I realize, yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who needs a deadline. And for me, this talking to artists has helped tremendously because it's the one single piece of structure I have in my week. Oh, yeah, really? Well, it's cool that you're doing it. That's really cool that you're doing it. Uh, I've yeah. been watch a couple uh, – uh, interview that you made it's pretty it's interesting people got things to say and it's really interesting to listen to yeah it's fun I'm actually just in the process of trying to figure out how to make it into a podcast so now I'm learning about RSS feeds and all that kind of stuff so oh fun time but 
anyway, enough about me. I thought it was, um, you know, obviously we always uh, see each other at outdoor shows, which has been a while now. I think the last one would have been the Artist Project, I guess, that we saw. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be yeah. close to the year now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't think I actually realized that you uh, primarily, originally were a cabinet maker. So yeah. it was it interesting to me, yeah, reading your bio, how you kind of have got the cabinet making and then the printing and it sort of, it seems to have all come together in a really beautiful kind of synergy yeah, for you. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about your, how you started? Yeah, well, how it started, actually, I come from Maniwaki, which is a small town up North Quebec. And I was working in the sign industry. It started, uh, and, and, and when you're in a small town, uh, you, you know, I look at shops here, sign shops in Montreal, they'll be specialized in car wrap. They'll be specialized in, you know, they'll have like, they'll do one thing and that will be it. But when you're in a small town, you do a bit of everything. So it yeah. could go from the for sale sign to a car wrap to wood carved signs, which brought me to woodworking actually, because then I started to do wood carved sign. Uh, actually, my first piece of art that I ever sell was a carving actually. I didn't even realize it at the time, but that's that's and that's what brought me to woodworking. So then we moved toward like cabinet making and everything, and and, and uh, I started working like in, in woodworking. And at some point, I got approached by a company in Montreal that's selling equipment and supplies to sign industry, but as well as woodworking industry. And since I had experience in both fields, I was Pretty I was perfect. a good really prospect for them. Yeah. So, yeah. but, and then I moved to Montreal, started working for them and it's, uh, it, it was, uh, in sales. So a really good experience, but I was not creating anymore. I was not doing any woodworking or, or graphic design. Or, so that's how I started photography. I, I needed, I always needed to create, like it's, mm -hmm. it's always been in me. So I started photography and even the first camera was not even purchased. It was borrowed from a friend and I started just shooting for fun and putting it on Facebook or at the time it was uh, Flickr actually. And, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and at some point it says, Oh, I really like this. So I went to first camera was purchased at uh, Walmart <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then I started and I, I've pushed, I've pushed and, and at some point I said, well, my dad has the woodworking shop. It's still in Maniwaki. That's where I do all the frame. I was selling primarily uh, printing equipment. So I've realized that I, I had a potential to do something with my image that most people don't have. You know, access to a wood shop and, 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 and access to printers and access to a wide variety of, of material. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. No, and def definitely I would say that when you look at your pieces, they have a very unique um, feel to them, um, like the backgrounds and stuff. It definitely looks like a fill. It doesn't look like yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, else's exactly. pieces. Uh, that, yeah. was, that was an accident, a happy accident. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time, but yeah, I did manage to do something. I think that when you see it, and I think it's a challenge for any artist, any type of artist as well, uh, whether you're in music or an actor or a producer or, you know, when you look at the Quentin Tarantino movies, you know that's Quentin Tarantino. If you listen to Led Zeppelin, you know, okay, that's Led Zeppelin. That's their sound. And as artists, visual artists, it's 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 really hard to achieve that, actually. But Me, don't you think, like, I, but I just think that to, to your point, too, it's like, I think sometimes that you 
stumble across that a little bit by accident. Like you follow what you're doing and all of a sudden, uh, for myself as my stuff as well, is it, then you sit back and you realize, oh, I've actually created something that looks uniquely like a Kate or uniquely like a Phil. But I'm not so sure, anyway, for me, that it was a conscious path to get there. Uh, it wasn't for me either. I was actually, um, I always said I'm never going to say that publicly, but looks like I'm about to do it. I visited a gallery a long time ago. I was actually in a show in Vegas. I used to do shows for uh, selling equipment. Well, not selling, but more to go and meet the uh, uh, suppliers and everything. And, and uh, we were in Vegas and at the Mandalay Bay, there's a gallery uh, and it's Peter Lick, which is also a photographer. And when you get in the gallery, you also have like that special vibrancy in his image. And I a always lot of stuff, a lot of his stuff's like backlit or something, right? Like I remember going into it's that not, gallery. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. It's oh. really. It's a. It's a pearl paper. And when it you glows. get in that gallery, yeah. The funny thing is, when you get into that gallery, they always bring you in a small room that is close, and usually they will dim the lights down and then you kind of see the lights coming out of the frame. And I think the visual effect is achieved by when they dial the lights down, the ambient light is going down, but the light that hits the frame is going up. So that's why you get that, that special effect, which would be really hard to achieve in a house. But anyway, basically I was trying to do something similar. That's, that's in terms of uh, effect. Uh, that's pretty much how it started for the process. But even before I knew I was going to print on aluminum or, or before everything, the, the, the challenge was to figure out what, what am I taking pictures of, you know, finding right. your style. It took me a while to understand why I cannot do like nature and, and in studio and architecture and, you know, take pictures of a bit of everything. It took me a while to understand why can I not, do that and uh i think when you find something you have to stick to you know I, I got into architecture now it's it's architecture i'm trying to move a bit towards uh landscape because i also really enjoy nature yeah. uh, but it's hard because you build like a clientele that's are interested in architecture so it's hard to move towards nature because everyone that follows you or you know that that they, they're interested in architecture yeah, like so, the clean lines and things. But I guess, but it looks like you've sort of created a couple of collections. So I can see your architecture, but then you've yeah. got, like, for example, work in India. And I appreciate that a lot of those pieces of in India are also architecture-based, but they're also so different. They don't fit in with that modern concept of architecture that the other ones do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, India was uh, was really special. I struggled. I, I, I struggled so much in India. I'm an introvert, right? So it's India is a really bad place to be an introvert. <laughs> it's because there's <laughs> so many people and so many going on and so little space. And especially when you're a foreigner with a camera, you know, you get people like, especially kids, they just want to get their pictures taken and then asking for money. So you basically have to walk, hide the camera, as much as not because I don't want to give money to the kids, like it's not, but at some point, you know, it's like every 12 step uh, yeah. at some point you have to, you know, adjust. 
But well, yeah, I'm, it sure, I'm sure I'm sure it's hard to get into your zone too, especially if you're an introvert and you've got all this energy and stuff coming at you. Yeah. At the same time, you're trying to view things with through the camera lens, like to visualize your shots. Yeah, and the other thing too uh, is uh, it's so poor and and dirty and and I didn't feel comfortable shooting there. I didn't feel I felt like a vulture basically. Mm. That you were uh, going to exploit their kind of poverty yeah. for really interesting yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, it was weird. It was really weird energy. That's the first time that I actually getting out of my room was actually a uh, in Corvée. I know it in French. I don't know the word, but it was it was a challenge. A challenge or something I had to do. You know, I had to push myself to do it. Uh, well, especially because presumably you'd taken time off work and spent a fair amount of money to get there, so you don't want to kind of come home empty-handed, right? Yeah, yeah, and especially since. I'm in uh, many galleries now, and they want new stuff. And the funny thing is, my title is fine art photographer, technically. Uh, but since I do my, my entire production myself, the entire production myself, there's not much time left for photography. It's basically what I do less is photography. And yeah, that's one thing that might change because of COVID. Uh, but anyway. So yeah, every every time I go out to shoot, uh, galleries are expecting the new collection to come in, and they talk to their customers, and, and we talk like, okay, maybe we should build an event for when I come back. So you need to come back with the shot. When I when I went to Cuba, I was not in any galleries. I was that was fun. That was only for fun. There was some pressure because I when I actually quit my job, and I think it was like four or five days after that, I was leaving for uh, for Havana. But I didn't have the same pressure that I do have now to come back with the shot and to, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's art and everything, but it's a business, you know, you need to. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to talk about because um, as a, a painter as well, it's the same sort of thing. Like you, on one hand, you build up a brand of what you like and what you do. And a lot of times collectors are four or five years behind you, you know, so they've been watching you for three or four years and now they're ready to buy. So if you change too dramatically, then you lose those collectors. Um, on the other hand, yeah, galleries are looking for something new and interesting to talk about. But as a painter, sometimes I'm not finished with the current collection yet to kind of think about, because I'm at that point right now where I'm like, I feel like I need to do something different, but I kind of really feel like doing something different. I feel like I kind of want to keep exploring what I've got going on. It's funny you mentioned that. I've tried so many things uh, during COVID. I, I, I wanted to do everything except what I was doing. And uh, I came up, I started painting on the, the computer. Okay. And I, I, I made something and still printed on aluminum and everything. It was, it was really, really cool. But when I presented that to the galleries, they were like, well, you know, we've put money to advertise you as an architecture photographer. And, and you spent your time advertising that. You really want to go towards that. So then you have something that works well. Do you really want to spend your time? Maybe it will work. Maybe it will work even better. But do you really want to spend your time in that when you know you got that that's working? We already yeah. advanced with that. And well, right it's now, risk, it, yeah, it's a risk for you. It's also a risk for the galleries because presumably yeah. the galleries that carry you, they know that you're sellable. So they know to a certain degree they can sell your work and pay their own yeah. mortgages and their own rent, right? So something new is always takes time to build up the clientele.
Exactly, exactly. So anyway, I gave it up and uh, went back to architecture. And uh, the funny thing is uh, I kind of stuck in front of the TV on Netflix for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the last, uh, I'd say uh, for about a week now, I've been like going up and, you know, starting to be productive again. But, uh, I mean, a couple of weeks back, I was at my lowest point. I really didn't have the energy to start working or inspiration or I, I didn't, didn't feel it at all. Um, I think, I think so many people were like that. And I think for me too, it was like, usually you come off Christmas holidays or whatever, and then you're right back into, okay, the artist project is in six weeks. Like I need to kind of think about what I'm doing. I need to plan it. I need to do my marketing. I need to have my body of work. And so you're very focused on a goal for me, the artist project, because that's yeah. the first one in the year. Um, and then with that one sort of like, okay, well now it's going to be moving and maybe it'll be canceled and maybe it won't. You don't have that same impetus to kind of go, I have a short, I need a short deadline. I think that's what I've realized. I need a short deadline yeah. to really get myself in gear and be super focused. And that's when I create the best work. Yeah. I don't overwork it. I think, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's hard not, not having something to look forward to. It's, it's really, really hard, but then the, the orders come in and orders. I'm okay. Like to do the orders, but but you got you always have that list of things you need to do or fix on the website or yeah. improve my Instagram feed or all these things. And you look at the list and you're like, oh, no. All that stuff when you're really busy, you say, when I'm not busy, I'm going to get yeah. you a whole list of yeah, stuff. Exactly. And then when you aren't busy, you're like, oh, I don't feel like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and then you know, I feel so guilty of not doing it. You know, when, when all this started, like close to a year ago now, I've read a, a quote from Winston Churchill, which was, uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And I tried to live up to that quote, but uh, no, Winston would be really disappointed in me. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't forget, he also spent like three hours a day in his bathtub and sleeping and stuff. So he also wasted oh, some yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know the history, but yeah. Um, yeah. And so... So you obviously you're in uh, I think like four galleries right sort of in uh, Quebec Montreal and I think New York if I'm not mistaken. New York. But and, uh, recently it's not on the website uh, North Carolina which is doing oh that's like, cool that's, that's uh, bread and butter right now. Uh, they're that's doing really 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 good. Oh that's great. Uh, it's a funny thing there's always a gallery that came up that 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 saved the day or saved the month actually. Yeah I've been really lucky. The only thing that I'm really worried about which I was pretty confident that 2020 would be a good year. I actually had a really good year in 2020. But the thing is, other than the gallery, when, when you do shows, you can expect to have sales a year following the show or sometimes even yeah. following shows. The issue that I can see with 2021 and what I'm really worried about is that we don't renew these customers, right? It's, it's, we have a customer base then. And yes, there are still some that are, are just finishing their renovation or whatever. And then they're ready to purchase now. But this bank is, 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 is going empty right now. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Like it's kind of like, because last year, cause I did well as well. So last year though was, was the leads that were really built in 2019. Right. And then you kind of nurture yeah. those leads and people buy. Um, but yeah, it's been much harder to kind of, 
get those leads, right? And sort of start to nurture them. And so it is a little bit, it reminds me a little bit of when you're first starting out and you don't have customers and you don't have a database and you don't have, don't, don't know how to execute them, but it's weird to go back there when, you know, you have been yeah. there for 10 years. Exactly. Yeah. But, and so, uh, yeah, so I know I, I'm sure as you are certainly hoping for some of the outdoor shows uh, to happen this year. Cause I, I find as well is that for me, the sweet spot is to have some galleries and some, outdoor shows where you actually get to meet the customers and yeah well for me shows are also my social life basically other than that i'm in the studio i mean i've been i've been doing this for four years now and i've worked harder than i've ever worked in my life good thing that happened and it's it's really nice but it's a lot of work um well and maybe maybe, you know it's it's funny because i've had a number of people say this to me as well maybe this is the time where you've worked your ass off for many, many years. And maybe it is time to just sort of recharge a little bit and just yeah, yeah, try and be okay with it. Bills to pay, though, they're still, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Damn uh, reality. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you have to do it. But that's a good thing with, with COVID actually for me uh, is there's so very little expense and there's still money coming in, not, the way it used to be but so basically paying off like right now paying off pretty much all of my debt i i've I've done a really good job at uh managing the expense so if if when the show restarts and hopefully it will be this summer i'm confident it will and i i no longer owe money to anyone i have to say covid for that covid will have be uh a good thing Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly nice to be able to have that comfort zone of knowing you're starting in a good place. I will and, achieve and so that. Do you, so I think when I first, I forget, when I first met you, you were uh, printing with um, your employer's presses and stuff. Now, do you have all your own, own equipment yeah, now, yeah. right? So, hey, sorry about that. I don't know. I think I must have lost some of the, uh, the Wi-Fi or bandwidth or something at the cottage. So I'm hoping that Phil is still there. Okay, here's Phil again. So let me just reconnect with him. Right. Hey, so sorry about that. I think it was probably my Wi-Fi at the cottage. It just died. <laughs> yeah, you're, so you're talking a little bit about, and I'm interested in your process, because it's quite a unique process that you do. Yep. And yeah, now you've so got your own equipment. You were asking if, uh, if I've purchased the printer, and I did. And uh, that's something that I was really looking forward to, because one thing, like, the, the, the printer I've purchased has white ink. So I'm able now to print things that are... are, are a little different it's still architecture but before i had to stick to facade or or you know avoid sky or highlights or anything that was well i like basically and now i can print a sunset and the reason is before i had the white if i print a sunset because the material is aluminum and it's gray it dulls it yeah it just looks really really weird because there's no white there's no bright light um so yeah now for a year i i've, I've been uh I have the printer. It's a, it's a huge expense, uh, but I also print for a couple artists, not a lot, but that that works out pretty well actually. And uh, and the process itself, basically, it's um, photography printed mm-hmm. on a highly reflective aluminum, either either brushed aluminum for anything that doesn't have the highlight when I'm not using the white, so it's brushed aluminum, or it's uh, chrome aluminum for when I use the white. Uh, the inks are really, really translucent. 
So even if there's a high density of ink, light does reach the aluminum and reflect. And when the reflection, the light comes back, picks up whatever color is printed. Uh, best example is yellow. Yellow becomes gold. And oh, nice. uh, it's, finished, it's finished with an epoxy. So basically what's happening is that lights get through the ink, reflect. When it comes back, it hits the epoxy, kind of gets stuck in between. So some of the light will get out, reach your eye. And some of the light gets stuck in between. So that's why uh, from certain angle, it kind of creates an interfer inter interference. Interference, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the process. Basically. That'd be cool. Hey, you know, if you're interested, I'd love to work with you on maybe one of my pieces and we can kind of collaborate yeah. or do something like that because it'd yeah. be fun and social. And it also, I'm sort of struggling with how to increase my production, I guess, a little bit. And I've yeah. had requests for prints, but I don't want to do basic prints because I don't think it'll really work. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we can look into it. That'd be uh, interesting for sure. Okay, that'd be fun. Sure. Got a D, got a date. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and you just posted some stuff, I think, that uh, went to Zurich, I think, right, for a client? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was pretty so cool. That's uh, one of the show uh, that we've done, the one in New York. Uh, when we were in New York, I've sold two pieces to a couple that was there from uh, Switzerland. And they have visitors and they liked it. And I, I do have sell once in a while that happens like that. People mm -hmm. go visit. Oh, that's cool. What is it? And then uh, receive an order. You know, yeah. Much that's later. Cool. So, yeah. That's right. I, 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 when I, the only thing I remember about New York, I think it was New York, was your crate was basically the size of a small house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the same crate has done like this crate. Actually, there was there was pieces for three shows in there. So the one in uh, San Diego, then Miami, and then and then New York. Yeah, and it stayed in New York. Actually, the only reason I'm really happy of the New York actually because well, we wouldn't be talking if I didn't do the New York show right now. We would not be talking because that's where I've met the people that that introduced me to galleries in in the U.S. Right. Uh, and owners of the galleries in New York, uh, which is La Mancia Gallery. And uh, where was I going with that? That happens all the time. Every interview, I start something and I forget what I was really talking about. <laughs> all brain. the time. Yeah. Anyway. But, no, but, uh, yeah. but, I think, but I think it's actually just another point of, uh, of that hybrid business approach, right? Where you, you have multiple places. And so the art, the outdoor art shows are great. They're inexpensive, they're fun, they're social. The art fairs are kind of the next level up where they're more expensive to do, but you hit a better type of person who's interested in purchasing art and wants to spend the money for it. But also the galleries, yeah. the designers, that whole world as well. I think it's true, especially for these show in the US. Artist project, yeah, I, I did get a couple uh, galleries from the artist project. Obviously, yes, there, there, there are more people shopping in the industry, shopping in the show than the outdoor show. The other thing I've realized with the outdoor show compared to uh, indoor show or these bigger show is um, you got a lot more follow up from the, the bigger show, the, the indoor show than outdoor. I think outdoor, once the show is done, you will have there's a very high chance that you will get a couple sales following the show, but in within the next six months. And then it's pretty much, well, I'm talking for me, actually. Uh, it might not be the same reality for everyone. Well, I think the but, difference with an outdoor show, though, is you have some people that have specifically gone there to look at art, and there's other people that were 
walking by and exactly. the serendipity of exactly. it and they enjoy it. Um, exactly. But they're maybe not ready to buy art yet too. Like, Cause I exactly. definitely have found, you know, people will show up with a, a postcard that I did like three or four years ago and they're like, now I'm ready to buy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's so, different in a fair. But, yeah. but they, they, they just, I miss the show so much. Yeah, I do too. So much. Oh. I know. I'm never, I'm never, never, ever going to complain again about having to, you know, Schlep my stuff there and put it in a yeah. crate, and you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm I, looking I, forward to all that I, stuff. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to. I will complain to those. It's just me. I'm complaining all the time. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I I, um, I miss it a lot. Like I miss the people, and you get yeah. to know like everyone. It's always the same people. I either customers. It's not always the same, but but there's there's uh, the people that comes back. The artists as well. You know you. you we become like a small family in a way, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and often it's the only time that you really get to meet them, especially when you do the shows in the U S because they're all over the place. They're not in your local community. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we will get back to it. I know in the U S I think you can probably do, I've done actually during uh, COVID I've done uh, three exhibition there, uh, wow, but it was in the gallery. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think you said, I think I saw in October you had a, Meeting with a designer, so you're working with a lot of interior designers down there. Yeah, well, actually, that was organized with the gallery. So oh, basically, okay. they had organized a bunch of events. Uh, some of them didn't happen because there was some on the uh, on Manhattan and Brooklyn, and these we couldn't do it because uh, they had like colors, kind of. I don't know in Ontario, but here we have colors for every region. So some people are green, some people are red, some right. people are gray. Well, uh, they had the same thing down there in Manhattan and Brooklyn were uh, red, so we couldn't do it. But then there was some event in Long Island, stuff like that. So, yeah, I did add uh, one was with designer, one was at the gallery, one was in a kind of very classy restaurant. And it was funny to see how much everything just kept going normally over there, more or less normally, though. People were aware. Yeah that COVID was happening, they were wearing masks all the time. But it's it was really different than what we've seen here. Um, and we don't have the same amount of cases as well. So, yes. Uh, it, it, it was fun to uh, go out. And then it was the 14-day uh, quarantine when I came back. And it was special as well. Oh, right. Of course. Oh, yeah. That, that, that will kill your motivation for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a motivation totally killer, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the the everything was really interesting. It was it was it was fun to go out for sure. That's excellent. So, what are your what do you think your plans are for the for kind of twenty twenty one? You're saying you're having a hard time getting motivated. Are you still going through well, photos to see what you're shooting, or are you still shooting new I work? Or? Shoot right now, like I cannot shoot right now. I mean, it's uh, winter. Winter is not good. White because I print on aluminum. White yeah. doesn't work. I need to avoid white. White is 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 the worst color. Because the, the issue is that if if white is here and gray is here, I'll try to stick it in the, in the phone there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um, my color space on the material is much shorter. So because the material is darker than than white and like, so you get dirty snow, basically. Well, you you just doesn't get any details. It's yeah. the same thing. If if I have a building. In, the most interesting building in the world is is white. I won't be able to shoot it. Actually, I've learned that the hard way because uh, it was at the artist project. 
it was a woman that came in and her husband had uh, Harley Davidson. And uh, she says, like, I'm paying whatever it costs. You come to my house, you shoot the bike, and, you know, you, you, uh, you make a frame with that. Says, whatever it costs. What, That's pretty nice. Kind of, yeah. It's <laughs> basically a blank check, right? So went there, didn't ask any question, went there. And when I got in the garage where I was supposed to shoot, I realized that the, uh, the tank of the, the gas tank of the bike was white. So, and at the time, I didn't have the printer I have now with the white ink. So I was like, sorry, can do it. I just, it was impossible. Right. So that's, that's one of the issues. You need to be aware when you shoot with that material, you need not, not everything looks good. I have a lot of people, they ask me like, can we do uh, family portraits? Like, skin tone on that it's you will look sick <laughs> yeah plus i don't know do you really want to get into family portraits that's kind of brutal i did that for a very short period of time when i graduated from school i was a portrait photographer yeah. and there's no glory in that job <laughs> yeah no I, I, I when i was searching myself i actually done a lot of studios and i remember one time uh, i was shooting two young and very beautiful girls maybe 20 20 to whatever and uh you know i had the, the lights and everything but i was learning i was not really good but uh you basically they wanted uh facebook profile pictures right so uh they were not listening to what i was saying at all there was just uh and just by the time that uh, the light was about right uh there was okay let's change yourself you know and uh, so after that shoot, that lasted for like four hours and I ended up, I was frustrated, like very mad. Uh, I got in Montreal, went on Kijiji and I just sold everything that was for the studio work. And I says, all right, I'm going to take pictures of Bridge. Bridges are quiet. They don't <laughs> they move. Co they cooperate. <laughs> they cooperate. So <laughs> that's where I made the decision that yeah, I was done with people. Sad story. Well, no, and, I, and I, I had my headshots done actually by a portrait photographer, and he was amazing. He did a phenomenal job, and you could see, though, it was something he really loved to do, right? Yeah. Well, and yeah. They're I'm, almost, I'm almost embarrassed to use them because he made me look so amazing. I'm like, I don't really look like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so do you have a favorite place to shoot? Not really. I planned a trip as soon as everything opened. I'm uh, going to Italy, I think. Uh, I fly in Italy and I fly in for uh, Spain. So oh, Spain's beautiful. Favorite, yeah. yeah. Basically, I'm just searching for old buildings, like, you know, something with character. I will, I will never exhibit, or actually, you never say never, but I'm not looking for these new kind of construction, you know, uh, clean. And I want, I want something with history. I don't know why I'm attracted to that. But Havana was a really nice place because it's 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 basically stuck in the 1950s. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was just perfect. Well, it's uh, perfect too because I mean I I've seen like with the old cars which are great and the shapes of those cars are bubbly and the colors are beautiful exactly. like yeah, yeah it's almost like it's painted for you. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing with Havana. It's colorful. It's uh, history, and it's unique. I mean, there's only Havana that, that's like Havana. There's yeah. no other place in the world, or actually Havana. We'll even have to say Cuba, because all over Cuba, it's the same story. But it's really unique. Uh, I have to say, that trip was really fun. Really, really, really uh, amazing. 
uh, I made some friends there and, uh, you know, uh, it, it was a really interesting place to shoot. And I, yeah, go ahead. So, so I'm just curious. So when you, um, say you decided you were going to go to Italy and you were going to do, do these towns, do you kind of have a, sh a plan of what you want to go and shoot or do you just kind of no. wander and no, to find no. something? Photography is a lot about research and figuring out, uh, especially when, when they do the architecture, it's always in the shadows. So it's pretty easy. You can go any time of the day. Rainy days are the best. But when you do with the lights and everything, it's all about the timing. If you want to catch the right sunrise, you cannot expect just to walk in the street and, oh, cool, there's the sunrise. It might happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might yeah. happen, but uh, it's usually not. So it's a lot of, you need to spend a lot of time getting ready, figuring out, okay, there's application you can use so you know that at certain time that that's where the sun will come up and or go down. Or it, it's, it's mostly time because taking the pictures is fairly easy. You got the camera and you, you know, a couple buttons and it's done. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's a little more difficult than that. <laughs> it, it's more difficult than that. It's more difficult than that, but it's really to be at the right place at the right time. That's, that's a challenge. That's 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 the challenge. So when when you travel, you need to know in advance as much as possible where are the place to go and where where are the place to you know. I, I do have a route and, and, and trying to stick to it, but you you also need to improvise. Sometimes you realize that okay, I got that wrong, so let's switch and you know. And it happens really often as well that you figure something out like with Google Street using Google Street a lot. And you go on site to shoot something specific and you realize that the thing on your back, oh, that's, that's the interesting thing. So that's, that happens a lot as well. So there's a plan. You don't necessarily stick to it like religiously. But yeah. yeah, it must be. It must also require a certain amount of patience because a lot of your shots, I don't think too many of your shots have people in them. And yet I know you're shooting in places that obviously have a lot of people. So yeah. is it just um, a matter of waiting they, until they get out of the way? No, no, this sometimes it's impossible. Uh, one of the most popular image I have from Havana actually is the pink car. And uh, that image, there's actually uh, 17 pictures in there. So basically, I didn't invent anything. That's what you would be seeing. But the street where that building was, uh, was a really popular street. Like it was the main street, uh, people who know um, Havana, it was the street that goes through the capital. So basically, anyone coming from the airport or everything, everyone goes to the capital. It's the entrance of Havana. And so the camera's on the tripod. It doesn't move. And you just shoot, 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 shoot. And then you put all the image one on top of the other. And you erase the person. And you hope that the image on the back, there's no one. And you do this until you remove uh, everyone. Hmm. So. No, that's fascinating. Yeah, if that makes sense, I guess. And this one, the, the pink car, there's, there's, there was one guy sitting in, uh, in the stairs because there's the car and there's like an entrance and there's a couple stair, uh, yeah, staircase. And uh, this guy didn't move, so I kind of went back later to shoot just the staircase and then merge it to the image. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't go up to him and say, hey, guy, do you mind? I just want to take a quick shot. No. Nah, step out of the way? <laughs> no. Nah, nah, I don't, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm too shy for that, I guess. Or especially, I, I've done it. There's one image from Atlanta that I've done it. And the street was so narrow 
that uh, I couldn't shoot the building. And I really wanted, it was super cool, uh, faded paint, and there was a couple of graffiti that looks like uh, Van Gogh painting anyway. Really, I had to take the shot. So, but the street was way too narrow. I couldn't get back enough to catch the entire uh, facade. So what I've done is uh, I uh, the house that was in front, knock on the door, and uh, all I knew was uh, hablo uh, ingles. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much all I know in Spanish. Uh, and they were not speaking English. And I says, oh, I'm not giving up. So I started walking the street and asked, like, do you, do you, do you speak English? Found someone that was, I gave him 10 bucks, brought him, and then gave 10 bucks to the person who uh, lived there, got in the house, and then was able to take a shot. So that's, that's pretty that's cool. One of the, yeah, that's one of the few times that I interact with people that I, I don't know, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't. <laughs> and do you that's have, like, of all the pieces you've taken, all the shots, is, do you have your favorite shot? Not really. I always the answer to that is always the most recent one. Is the one that's just coming off the printer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The one off behind me, actually, I kind of like it. That guy, actually, because I I got to talk with that guy a couple of day after I took the shot, and I showed him it was still on the the card. This guy, actually, I don't know if you see it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, yeah. The guy that's in the car um, was a doctor, and he made more money driving his cab in Cuba than, yeah, being a doctor in Cuba. Wow. And uh, another cool story about that that image is uh, at the Artist Project, I think it was the first one I've done, or anyway, close to, um, there's a girl that came in, she was a model, and she just came back from Havana. And uh, so she saw the, uh, it's a Thunderbird, and she saw the Thunderbird and she went like, oh, I've done a shoot, like a similar car. And then she realized, you might not see it, but on the mirror, there's a, a thing, like a decoration. I don't know how to say that in English. Yeah. I think I don't even know how to say it in French, actually. I don't either. Something hanging from uh, the mirror. <laughs> yeah, something hanging from the mirror. She realized that, oh, that the car I've done the shoot at that as well. And then she noticed the guy just, oh, my God, that's him. And she started freaking out. And then she told me the story that she forgot her phone in the car and the driver, they dropped them at the hotel so he knew which hotel they were so he drive back to give her back her phone and everything so that is a cool story actually because she knew the guy and you know that's really it's always always fun to hear the story of the people um i have one shot in particular that is uh a plane um dc3 that crashed in uh, iceland and older people every time they see that plane a lot of them they they've um, it was a really popular plane in, in the 19, I don't know, 50s, I guess, during war. So it has to be even later than that. But uh, And they, uh, so many people have stories about DC-3 and DC-4. And, oh, I flew in that and we were going to uh, to war, whatever it was. Anyway, um, it's, it's really fun to hear the story of the people. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's great. You know, we're actually amazingly um, almost out of time. And so I always like to end my interviews with, um, you know, not necessarily based in reality, but what, what would your big one hairy ass goal be? Just to keep going. It's not a big, uh, actually, no. You know what? To, uh, I, I, I have more galleries, travel more. 
and spend more time doing photography than production. Um, maybe give my, my dad works with me, maybe give him a small raise because right now he's making about 50 cent an hour. <laughs> like uh, most artists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to give him at least a, a dollar. Uh, <laughs> You're so generous. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say spending more time like travel, maybe like right now I'm traveling once a year and I had to cut it short to two weeks. So maybe travel more than, than, than uh, once a year and more than two weeks. Cause two weeks is, it's kind of short because you, you get there, you get to know the place and it takes about a week to be comfortable and, you know, doing good shots. So you kind of need three weeks yeah. Perfect world. Well, um, that's a great goal, and it seems like it should be doable. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm almost there. Almost there. So we'll see. Well, that's great. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat, and I appreciate your uh, patience when we kind of lost you, but I'm glad we were able to reconnect. Yeah, it was actually I really enjoyed it. It was really yeah, fun. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, yeah, hopefully, uh, well, maybe, and I think I will reach out if you're okay and about doing a print, because yeah. I think that'd be kind of a fun thing to work yeah. on together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, let's, let's not say, hopefully, we'll meet this summer. Let's say we will absolutely. meet this summer. Absolutely. That's coming. right. We're, we're getting <laughs> we there. We will. Okay. All right. I commit that. All right. Thank okay. you so much, Phil. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was great. So thank you so much for joining us, and I apologize for the... Uh, disconnect so i'll actually try and reconnect those two on uh, on youtube but i don't know how to do that yet but i'll figure it out and uh next week we've got uh renato foti who is uh, an old old friend of mine i met in university and he does really quite amazing glass work um fused glass and so i'm looking forward to reconnecting with him and talking to him too we have the calendar booked until I think around the middle of March, which is super exciting. But as always, if there's any artists you want me to reach out to um, and talk to, then please let me know. I will be talking to Deanne Fitzpatrick, who does uh, quite amazingly beautiful rug hooking art, who I would, never would have connected with, except for the fact that somebody recommended her. So thank you so much. Have a fabulous week and we will see you next Thursday. And don't forget, if you've missed any of these, you can check out my YouTube channel at YouTube slash Kate Taylor Art. And you can see all 36 episodes of Talking to Artists. All right. Bye-bye.